Well, welcome back to another podcast here on the Broadwater. We have our second guest, Mr. Nick Jones. Thank you for being here, Nick. Yeah, stoked to come along. Yeah, we've known Nick for a long time now. He's a good friend of ours. But uh, today he's going to be interviewed as the uh, freshly retired pro surfer that he was in the, on the longboarding with the WSL. So uh, we thought we'd have a, a good chat with him about you know what it's like being a professional athlete and uh, you know the fitness regimes, the health regimes, everything that goes with it, and some cool stories. Also, so I know we've got a lot of questions and uh, definitely. Hopefully, I got a lot of answers. So yeah, well, let's <laughs> see. Let's see. We uh, we're here again, the three Broadwater boys, and uh, yeah, thanks again for all the support that's been going on. We uh, we did our eighty-kilometer walk last weekend, and uh, the two boys finished. I only got fifty k's in, and uh, I buckled. Yeah. But uh, shout out to everyone that donated too. Yep. So it was eighty kilometers for eighty thousand dollars raised. So solid effort for everyone that donated to a good cause for Alloin. So. Yeah, I'm sure all that money will get used wisely. So thanks, yeah. heaps. It was a it was a great experience to to test ourselves mentally. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things that we wanted to let you know that we're going to keep doing things like that along the way, push ourselves mentally, physically, and uh, and it was good to get that one on the books. Yeah, definitely really for a good. Hundred percent. All right, well, let's get straight into it. Um, Crystal, Sam, fire away. Let's uh, let's see what Nick's got for us. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, shoot. Let's start from the start. Like, when you grew up, what? What made you want to be a pro surfer and was it something that you always thought you wanted to do? Yeah, well, growing up on the Sunshine Coast, my father was a surfer, same with my grandfather. And um, so I pretty much grew up on the beach and uh, watching surf movies every day, like just the same surf movies every single day. Um, I just had this passion, this drive that just I always wanted to be in the ocean. Um, you know, it wasn't just surfing. I, I sailed, um, I work on boats. It's just everything about being the ocean, the fresh water. You're a seaman. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> through and through. I get it though. Um, the water. Yeah, the water. freedom of it. Mm. And um, it's sort of sitting in Mother Nature and the element of just like, yeah. you're not actually in control, but you somewhat are. Yeah, and um, the Using the power. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, getting into it initially, it was through my father. He'd just take me surfing and Know, spend spend days at the beach, the weekends at the beach, um, and then got into competing and whatnot. Probably when I was like eight years old, I think, just in local oh, board riding yeah. events, um, and had a great group of friends at school that that also surfed, and we all sort of hung out together, would surf in weekend, surf on weekends, uh, compete in board rider events together, and sort of just grew from there. And um, you know, there's the pathways onto with now the World Surf League and everything I was just able to follow from a junior all the way up. Interesting, interesting. Mm. It's pretty crazy. You said like you, you were inspired by watching a lot of the surf movies. Was it accurately depicted in the movies? Because for most people, that's all we know is what we see in the movies. I'd say the surf movies I'd watch aren't, uh, say, like movies that you see, you know, Hollywood movies or, or anything like that. It's more just uh, footage of guys surfing right. put, a, put to music and... Um, I just love to watch their styles and, you know, try, recreate what they were doing. I'd watch someone surfing at Noosa and I'd then go surf Noosa and try do the same nose riding or the same turns. And, nice. And that's something that um, you take in a lot and you learn a lot from watching others. Yeah. And that's, you know, probably all the time I watch surf movies and uh, try to recreate it made me the surfer that I was. I guess that's a good tip for anyone that is... Um starting out and surfing and wants to go pro is watching 
footage of previous surfers and yeah. getting yep. getting a scope on their techniques and how you use that to push into your skill set, I think is really impressive. You watch, it, you watch it with a different filter. Like, yeah. As I said, you, yeah. you look at where time. they're putting their feet, where they're putting their body. And, and with this, with modern, modern age technology and everything, and we use it a lot when I train at the High Performance Centre, which is a surfing, a surfing Australia's HPC, um, we'd actually dub footage of us doing a certain manoeuvre or a turn um, with footage of you know, the top pro surfer guys so that have the perfect it. technique. And would overlay it and all, you know, have it next to one another. Wow. And then you can actually watch and see where your body's moving or how they're positioning their surfboard differently um, and really train yourself in that sense. So having the footage and watching other people Mm. is great and amazing but having that footage of yourself as well if you're really wanting to take it to that next level yeah having the footage of yourself to be able to like it's compare it that's yeah. that's how you get there that's like any sport public speaking film it watch yourself yep yeah definitely yeah what gets measured gets improved 100% yeah yeah, yeah. so then so you've obviously been the, obviously been lucky enough to be able to travel the world doing something you love, and you know that's a that's no mean feat. Like I think we all wish that we were that good at something that it could take yeah. us to travel the world. So good on you. That's awesome. How are the memories? Obviously, going back, looking back at all of the, the you know the people you would have met, the cool trips you've been on, all the countries you've been to. How many different countries have you been to on the, oh, on the tour? I've lost count. You lost count. I've lost count. I've been to yeah. so many. Yeah. Um, and it's not probably until the last, I'd say, three years on tour that I didn't appreciate how lucky I was to be traveling and yeah. surfing and uh, experiencing all these different cultures around the world. And uh, surfing is such a great sport. It takes you to so many places where you just wouldn't go. Yeah. You know, like, I've been to this one event that was in Papua New Guinea and it was in the heart of Papua New Guinea, not just like flying to a major city or something mm-hmm. we flew into the city caught a tiny plane somewhere else got in a caged van driven for three hours wow. and then had to stay in tents <laughs> for 10 days oh, wow um but in those 10 days all the locals would come down there was thousands of them that would come and uh watch us surf yeah you know what were they like i i don't get to hang out with them a lot of the time yeah but all the ones i met super nice we're Jeez. playing volleyball with the uh you know the security guards and and whatever and it's always pretty good vibes at uh, surfing events. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Getting that exposure at such a young age, it just broadened your yeah. It's broadened, broadened my mind, and and yeah, it sort of gives you the experiences that you wouldn't get just staying in staying in one country. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, just going to university or, or doing something that's just the natural path. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it broadens your mind a lot when you mm, travel. Definitely. That's for sure. What's your favorite country that you've been to? Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, yeah. My favorite country, probably the best surfing trip I've had was probably to Spain last year. Spain. Spain and Portugal sort yep. of combined. But yep. Whereabouts in Spain did you go? Uh, well, we spent a bit of time in Madrid when we first got in there because yep. I just wanted to experience Spain. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the Galicia uh, Provenance, which is sort of northwest Spain. North? Yeah, okay. Um, we had the event there and it was just... Uh, just an amazing scenery such a great setup of an event um and so many locals turned on to yeah. come watch us it was just packed the I'm beach sure. was packed there was yeah. bars set up everywhere um and it was just 
incredible vibes there yeah i did terrible in the event unfortunately <laughs> but um yeah it was still just such an amazing time and um the scenery over there was just unreal yeah, and the, Spain is beautiful yeah and the culture there they don't even have dinner till midnight that kind of stuff yeah, so yeah, yeah yeah traveling there competing and having to live in that culture you sort of have to change so much of yourself to adapt yeah. but still compete at the highest level yeah um how did that process go for that competition specifically so you didn't you know, do as well as you thought is it because there was so many variable factors that you just couldn't couldn't dial it in or uh, possibly possibly sometimes surfing is a pretty rough sport you have 30 minutes to go out and show everything you have um, and sometimes the waves just don't the waves just don't yeah. come or the waves come to the other guy and yeah. the other guy gets I wouldn't say lucky but it's his day it's not my day and a lot of the time that happens yeah um, it is a rough sport in that manner but yeah there's some guys that can make it happen a lot more than others and uh, I'm luckily enough I'm normally one of those guys that can make it happen but just not not over there that time <laughs> yeah. yeah I think it's one of those crazy things like when your career starts taking off in a professional sense like how did you go with um, you know keeping your skill set up and your mindset up when you got to those levels where you'd go to all these different countries and you're exposed to all the hype and everything like that was there another shift in mindset or um, did you have to challenge your skills more and stay more focused because of all the additional noise um definitely you can definitely get carried away on tour you can you can get trapped in uh the party scene Mm. or just um you know just not focus because because you are traveling and you're just trying to take in too much Mm. um so there's sort of a happy medium you have to find because for a few years as well i did travel and just focus on surfing and and nothing else and i wouldn't experience the cultures of the places i go to and it gets pretty um pretty draining that's for sure and so it's sort of to then do well you have to find this happy medium where you're having fun but you're still focused yeah. and uh it, it each person's different in that regard you know some guys will do better just because they're relaxed mm-hmm. and uh yeah. some guys need to be 100 percent focused and can't relax because as soon as they relax they they fall off the wagon so yeah yeah it comes down to the individual in that regard for that so you found that happy medium between enjoying it yeah and having that, that focus yeah for me i'm one of those guys that needs to be more relaxed yeah. um and that's not to say i don't do well when i'm extremely focused and set on a task um but surfing against the best in the world you need that confidence that being relaxed gives you or at least myself i needed that confidence that just being relaxed and and it's not um just not having any worries just going out there and just knowing that my talent will take me to the next level so yeah, you've you got to enjoy it still yeah. exactly if you take it too seriously you know you probably wouldn't go that far yes yeah. you probably lose all passion and motivation when you take mm. it too seriously exactly and coming away from a surfing event there's only one guy that comes away happy of the yeah. 32 on tour yeah. there's only one person that can help stand on the top of that podium at the end of the day yeah and so if you are taking it super seriously and you're coming second it, it can be pretty rough still yeah yeah definitely what's the um the sort of vibes and culture with the you know the tours that you go you got people from all over the world yeah fly in compete with each other do you hang out socially and definitely a bit of a mix i've got friends from all you know corners of the globe now yeah. because of because of surfing because of the tour um 
the the longboarding guys especially it's like a big family wherever you travel because uh That's awesome. you know you know them you know their families um if i'm going and competing in their local towns you know i'll go meet their families and hang out with their friends and you know go surfing with their people yeah, um, that's cool. and so and and vice versa when they come here you know i have people come and stay at my house so they don't have to you know rent somewhere um and i've made so many great friends yeah through the tour um and that's that is another thing it's great it comes a, a second family and it does yeah. yeah and even now that i've retired i still have friends from surfing that i can go hang out with yeah yeah that's, that's cool. so cool what, what do you think would be some tips for someone that would be up and coming and believes they have the ability to go pro um, what would be some tips for them um, to take them to the next level of their career wherever they are i think um in this day and age it's definitely getting in front of cameras putting everything you have out there because uh a lot of the time it's the sponsors that will take you to that next level the funding behind mm-hmm. you just to be able to get to the events to be able to do more events um and you know this day and age with social media and whatnot you need to be on the face of that so getting attention and getting noticed yep yeah definitely putting your skills out there showing the world what you've got and just having the courage to do that yep yeah okay. and just working hard working yep. hard to do it but um do it with a smile on your face is yep. probably the best tip i can do mm. yeah, give it your best but make sure you're smiling make sure yeah you enjoy Rem- the journey remember what you're there to do yeah mm-hmm. which is yeah. surfing it's at the end of the day it's not like say tennis or golf where you're not going to become a millionaire yeah but it's a great sport that's going to make you travel the world and uh meet people Experience. and it's like yeah it's going to be a lot of fun so just remember it's going to be fun yeah yeah, yeah. what about the uh training nutrition type yeah, it's exactly what I was yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was training um, pretty heavily with, with a guy on the Sunshine Coast, Tim Just. Yeah. Um, and he now trains my little brother with uh, my younger brother's a Porsche race car driver. He's won the GT3 Cup last year, the Formula 3 the year before that. Yeah. Um, and so it's awesome that Tim's now taking on Harry. Yeah. Um, but we would train. I was, I'd train with him at the gym three days a week. I would surf at least once every other, every day as well yep um as far as nutrition side of it all it was for me it was actually uh eating enough to put on the it's weight the and and yeah keep my muscle because i i'm just a naturally pretty lean guy <laughs> especially when i'm surfing every day and, yeah, and yeah. working out every day i just like i'd go to skin well, and bone people that don't surf I, I i'm not a surfer but i've had a paddle around like people that don't surf you don't realize how how much energy it takes. It's tough, man. Oh, and yeah. the muscles Especially that you're boards. not used to using like, when you're yeah. surfing. It's like, when yeah. you get caught in that water, yeah, they're all day. <laughs> just <laughs> like, no, no, just no, let no. me go. Yeah. I could take the fittest guys out surfing yeah. and they'll be wrecked by the yeah. time they get out the yeah. first time. It's a different kind of fitness. Yeah. 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 You call it surf fit. Yeah. And when you're training and stuff for <laughs> surfing, obviously, do you just stick to longboards? You do shortboards? You do like all types? I do everything. Yeah. Yeah, I competed on everything. Um, and you think that helps in your competition knowing that like you've had the skills and all different types of boards and like types of waves to, to do what you want to do like it's give you more confidence on the longboard it not so much gives me more confidence on a longboard it just give me more confidence say when i'm uh producing boards with my shapers or something that yeah. i know i can just get on pretty much anything and surf it yeah yeah um and because i've surfed such a variety of boards i've um been able to take in quite a few concepts from you know say my shortboarding and 
how the rock is working, how the board shape works, and implement that into my longboarding. Yeah, yeah. Or vice versa, even yeah. uh, creating good shortboards as well from, you know, taking some of the more traditional designs that longboarders have to yeah. create some funner shortboards to ride. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm a complete novice when it comes to like the different shapes and the lengths and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What goes into a good longboard? Like when you're designing your boards, like you just said, like what, yep. what is actually like, what defines, oh, that's a good one versus that's an average board? Oh. It was it just personal preference kind of thing? It's personal preference. It changes day to day. Um, you know, I'd go to an event with, with three to four surfboards. Okay. Each one. Different. So it compares, it, like it also just the depends color, on the just the color maker. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there no regulation in a comp where like you all have to be using the same type of board you can no they've, they've had a few events in the past where it's been a what's called a single design yeah they're pretty awesome those events um where all the guys are on the exact same kind of board yeah okay. exactly the same shape yeah um so is there advantages to like if say if you have a different board to the guy you're competing against yeah big time and so that's why, you know, coming in, you're looking at the waves, you're looking at where you're traveling to yeah, and yeah. you're designing boards to suit those kind of conditions. Yeah, um, right. Right. And having, when you get a sweet board, sometimes you can get a lot of great boards and you'll get this one that's always special. Yeah. Um, and being able to have one of those boards under your feet is what gives you the confidence to take it up and yeah, sure. win events. How many boards do you reckon you go through in a season? <laughs> Oh, I've been through, some years I've only been through six. Other years I've been through probably 20. Wow. So it comes down to... Um, is that just because you need all those different designs or is that because you're like breaking them or you're surfing or a bit of both? Both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The year I went through 20, I was breaking a lot. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, big waves or...? Um, big waves, uh, trying different technologies and surfboards like epoxies yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and just... Trying new maneuvers as well, you know, pushing pushing boundaries and you know can take a toll on a surfboard as well as your body. Yeah. So when, you, yeah. when you're learning a new trick, like how long would you typically spend on it? You're always spending time, mate. <laughs> Even tricks that I've been doing since I was 16, I still won't maneuver land every single one nowadays. Um, yeah. It just sometimes it, you're with it and sometimes you're not. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like a ratio. It's just your ratio gets better and better through time. Mm, yeah. There's no way I could give a specific time on any maneuver. Yeah. But yeah. Sure. It goes to show like you do have to enjoy it because the amount of time and thought you're dedicating to it, like yeah. it becomes you. Yeah, but it is such an enjoyable sport. I mean, yeah. there's no way I got into it to compete. It's a different world, isn't it? Um, it's, it's one of those sports you get in and it actually becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and the competing side of it is just a bit of fun. I mean, I'm a pretty competitive guy, so there's no way I was never going to... It was natural. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You were going to As go soon as there's a competition path. in anything, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. But that's, no, there's, that's not why I got into the sport. I just got there because I you know, love to be at the beach and love to be riding waves. Yeah. 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 Do you have any crazy experiences out in the water? Any shark encounters? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty. Yeah. Plenty, yeah. I've, um, I've had a few big sharks from underneath. Mm. No, can be, be can be very how daunting. The, how does yeah. the shrimp to go after that? Yeah, <laughs> oh, mate. yeah. you're puckering. Um, yeah. yeah, I've paddled out. Probably the biggest one I had was um, New South Wales North Coast. Paddling at a place called Hastings Point. Um, it's a beautiful day, clear water. Um, the waves were awesome. 
And uh, my dad paddled out first, so he was actually further out than me. I'm paddling out looking at this wave and see a big shadow on the wave. Automatically, I'm just in my head enjoying the day. I'm like, oh, there's even dolphins out here. This is, <laughs> this is brilliant. And sort of swimming and we're going to come together at this point. Um, and as it gets closer and closer, I, I look at it and just go, that's not moving like a dolphin. Yeah. And the water's so clear, I can see through it. I can see the sort of the stripes and the shape of it. And it's like just this big tiger shark. I reckon its head was probably a bit over a foot wide. Yeah. And I watched it swim under one side of my surfboard and I was sitting right up tall. It's probably <laughs> shitting myself. Yeah. Uh, and then just watched it swim out the other side <laughs> and swim off down the beach. And I was just sort of stunned for a second, just couldn't take my eyes off it. And then um, automatically I just paddled out to go tell everyone else in the lineup. Yeah. And uh, I get to my dad, I sit right next to him because I know I can paddle faster than him. And then um, <laughs> I, I, I saw a really big shark. I think we should go in. And he goes, oh, did it swim off? I went, yeah, of course it swam off, but it might come back. He goes, oh, no, we'll be right. <laughs> really? So he stayed, he stayed out for out another there. hour. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no way. Oh, I wouldn't go back there for a month. Water <laughs> yeah. To get out of <laughs> yeah, but I've had experiences where I've been the only guy out you know, training each day. Um, yeah. There's a few sharks on the Sunshine Coast that if you surf every day, you know about them. Yeah, um, okay. And there's this one at Watala that sort of tracks between the reef offshore and the beach. What kind of shark? Uh, it's a uh, tiger shark as well. Tiger shark as well. And uh, this one day I was out surfing and I was the only one out, sort of sunset, sitting in a rip. And uh, I see it swim through the wave in front of me. And oh. I just turned around, started paddling straight into the beach, not even realised that this wave is standing up. And the wave slams straight on top of me because I'm just trying to get away from where this shark yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it smashes me around, knocks me off the board. I'm getting oh, thrown man. around underneath. No. And at this time, I'm underneath the water sitting, sort of imagining the shark's about to come and hit oh, me at the same yeah. time. So I'm bracing for it underneath the water until I come up and I can just get on my surfboard and catch the next whitewash and straight to the beach. Yep. And my trainer, Tim, was sitting on the beach. And he's like, what are you doing? What the hell was that? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, mate, didn't you see that shark? <laughs> he's like, that's the worst thing you can do if you see a shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's but they're the, uh, just like competing against a shark in water. You got no chance. No chance. No yeah. Like we're yeah. such a yeah. we're such a diverse apex predator, and then you put us in water, <laughs> we're just like a, a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Not much you can do sometimes. Just but buoyant food. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what's the um, what's the biggest wave you've ever surfed? Oh. Big enough to scare the heck out of me. Yeah. Pretty much. Longboard I've, or shortboard? Shortboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've surfed big, big waves on my longboards too. Um, but probably the biggest wave was on my shortboard and it was down in Newcastle. It was breaking third reef at Merriweather. It was just this massive swell rolling through. When the, the big waves would break, the set waves would break, you could feel it on the beach as they'd land. Oh, <coughs> the crack. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was bottom turning bottom turning on these waves and as I'm looking up to see where the lip is I'd have to sort of bend my back oh, and look up oh. even and yeah so I surfed about an hour talking? this is probably I mean the surface turn we measure from the back of the wave and we're calling about 15 foot yeah oh, nice that's big yeah that's it, big. I've never seen it get that big so are you, are, you, are you just super present during that time like there's just no time to think about anything else yep you're thinking about you're watching the horizon yeah um because you're just sitting there terrified the whole time pretty yeah. much there's some guys that love it yeah i'm yeah, not one of those see, guys unfortunately. <laughs> um, It'd be addictive. yeah you can get thrown around big time but this that day i i got a big hold down um 
I had one of those those big ones land on top of me, shake me around. I was just bear hugging my board. So like, my board floats. It'll come up. I'm gonna be on the board when it comes up. Yeah. And as I can feel myself start to rise up again, the next wave must have broken over where I was. Oh. And I could just feel the rush push me back down oh, further. No. Luckily that one settled a lot quicker and I sort of popped up to the surface, but my vision's all blurry Holy and dizzy. Geez. And yeah, so it's pretty scary. No jet skis out in the water or anything either. Mm. So if, if I was off or if my leg rope snapped and I was down, I, that would have been the end of me. But yeah, yeah. luckily I, I got away with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away with a bit more appreciation of life. Yeah, or just just know not to do that again. <laughs> what sort of speeds do you think you'd hit on those sort of waves? Definitely, um, probably like fifty k an hour. Yeah, um, which doesn't okay. sound like much, nah, but when that, you're skimming over the top of water, it's it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. to go that fast on a jet ski, like you no. feel like you're going quick. Yeah, at that speed. Yeah, even a go kart. Yeah, even a go kart. <laughs> <laughs> How long can you hold your breath? Because like you're talking about I, you getting held under from waves, that's like. That's a scary thing for a lot yeah. of people. And, and getting held under by waves is, is violent. It's different. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time it knocks all the air out of you as it does it. So if you think, if you breathe out or someone hits you in the chest yeah. and that's the, br- the breath training, everything the guys do at HBC. And, right. yeah. Okay, so you, you train for that. I've, I've done a few training sessions yeah. for that. I don't specifically train for that because I'm not much of a, a big wave surfer. Yeah. But the guys that always surf big waves, they can hold their breath for up to eight minutes. Where me, oh, I wow. can hold my breath a bit over a minute if yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. Which isn't, that's probably like average Joe Blow might be able to beat me. Yeah. But, um, and how long do you stay under the water for when you're getting like washed around down there? Most of the time, mate. Probably only like 10 seconds. 10 seconds. But it feels like a lot longer. It feels like a lot longer because it is violent. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you're, you're starved you're not in for control. oxygen. Yeah. You're exactly. not in control. And you're like, your body's sort of panicking. using up all the yeah. oxygen super quickly. And so you sort of yeah. learn to actually just sort of relax and relax. just go with the flow yeah yeah because as soon as you're panicking and trying to get to the surface you're, just, you're burning more oxygen yeah exactly yeah. it's not going to let you up yeah you just got to wait <laughs> sometimes and it's rough but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so on that day you knew you were going big wave surfing like it wasn't just an opportunistic oh there's a big wave today let's do it or no i was there so there was an event on um oh, right and this is just when i was a junior that one in newcastle yeah um so i was only 17 at the time mm-hmm. Um, and I was just it was big and everyone was going out and sort of you're with all the other guys and you gotta go yeah. you know yeah you gotta, you're you not gonna be the guy that's sitting on the beach yeah you gotta go the same thing happens when we travel to Tahiti and all those kind of places it's like yeah. you can't be the guy sitting the widest <laughs> I mean it's all just we're all just competitive yeah. juniors yeah. they're sitting there big egos that's how you get the best out of you and it is and that's what makes you better and better yeah I mean that healthy competition it takes its toll sometimes for sure you survived yeah. I survived that's good still got yeah. all your limbs yeah somewhat Most <laughs> <of the industry>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm interested I want to know and yeah I came in, I've come and watched you at a surf comp before in Noosa it was the Noosa festival yep. surfing in a couple years ago great event great event and like I was actually so surprised at, at how much goes into these surfing events um i went to another one with you as well down in victoria last year it was the ripco bells Road. beach yeah yeah these events so many people rock up and like the the what goes into setting up all the tents and stuff on the beach and all the gazebos and all the restaurants and all the things it's a big affair yeah like it's not a it's not a small task mm. setting up all this logistics and the, and the remote has got to do that all around the world cameras and commentators yeah and yeah 
But the vibe's so satellites. good. Like yeah. The vibe is correct. It's friendly. Great. Yeah. It's really it's friendly. Yeah, it's like something I've never experienced before doing that. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask is like, how does the scoring work in surfing? Because like, I know there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of people like myself who I'll watch a surfing event, but I'll have no idea what's going on. How they score. Are they, yeah. uh, is it scored all the same? Or is there different types of events with different scoring? Or So there's sort of a, a base criteria. Yeah. Which is... Um, you know, doing the most critical maneuver in the most critical section of the wave with speed, power, and flow. And that's sort of the base which everything goes off. But at different locations, there's sort of different things that the judge is going to be looking for. Um, each wave, when you're out there, gets scored from zero to 10, 10 being perfect, zero being you'd take off and okay. face plant straight away, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, some places, say Tahiti, for example, I was talking about that, that it's all about getting barreled because you know the waves there they're just breaking over knee deep yeah. coral reef mm. and they're 10 foot waves and so you don't have much off. choice to do anything else yeah. so you might as well sit there and get yeah. the deepest yeah. barrel you can and yeah. then get as far to the channel as you can as quick as you can yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah that's what that's about say you're competing over in uh, or, or Noosa I'm competing in Noosa it's all very traditional longboarding uh, it's all about hanging 10 and yeah. um, surfing your single fin longboard yeah so um, you get so you get a time, right, to surf. Yep. How long is the time normally? Generally, most of the time, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. In the the world surfing lead stuff, it, it steps up to thirty minutes a lot of the time as okay, well. Okay. So then you do you have a judge who's specifically watching you? So they watch every wave that you do in that twenty minute period and score you. So there's five judges. Yeah. Um, and those five judges they watch every single surfer. Okay. Um, and each wave they score each wave individually. Yeah. Um, and then their scores get averaged out. The top score and the bottom score get cancelled off and the, the rest of them get averaged. Okay. Yeah, that and that's how sense. they give the scores. And yeah. that's the scores they read out. So then it, they don't take your top five waves or whatever. They take all of your waves from that 20 minute period. They score all of your waves, yeah. but you're only judged on your top two. On your top so, two? So they, oh, okay. they do score all your waves, but yeah. it's your top two that, that, that count. count. Your two, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many waves would you generally be catching in that 20 minute period? I try. I always try to stay pretty busy. Yeah. Right? It depends where you are, but I'd always catch probably six to eight. Six to eight in that twenty-minute period. Are you yep. paddling back out, or do you get a jet ski? I'm paddling back out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's why staying fits. It's gotta be fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. at places yeah. like Noosa. Yeah, yeah. But when Noosa's, <coughs> sorry, when Noosa's small, there's only going to be two or three good ways to come through. Mm. So it's actually about using your tactics just to be on those two or three waves. Yeah. Um, how many people are out there at the same time competing with together? Oh, in Noosa, sometimes six. Six. All the uh, World Surf like. League stuff, there'll be three yeah. at most. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's yeah. man on man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, competing in Noosa can be super tough. Yeah. Does yeah. it ever? Does it ever get aggressive? I'm sure it does. Like I, you know, I, sure. when I think of surfers, local surfers. <laughs> I always think of like the aggressive guys yeah. sitting out on the surf who don't want you to drop in on them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Is it like that in competition? And that's well? why I stay away from my break now. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. It can be. Not so much um, on the World Longboarding Tour. Yeah. I never experienced any, any aggression in there because there's um, priority boards and all that kind of stuff to make sure it sort of goes, you know, the first person out the back, they have priority. They take whichever wave they want. Okay. Um, and so you don't have to, it's not a battle for every single wave. But um, when I was doing the qualifying series in my shortboarding as well, um, heaps of aggression. Mm. I was having guys team up 
and you know they'd be from a different country so they're not speaking english and i don't speak their languages i'm i'm not that worldly um and they would communicate and pretty much stop me from catching waves so they yeah. could catch waves oh, okay. yeah right wow. um dirty tactics. or they'd yeah. throw boards in front i'd what? come in from heats with split shins because you know oh, guys have thrown their surfboards in front of me as i'm surfing down the wave and it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah i've been punched paddling into waves by guys paddling these are on competition kidding me this is, this is in competition wow yeah but um it's pretty rare that the top top end yeah, yeah like yeah. there's sometimes a few dirty tactics that get played in with priority yeah um because when, you, when you're when you're playing at the top end anyway you're being watched the entire time you've got sponsors you can't afford to do stupid things like that and get caught out no nah, and generally the guys are there if you make it to the top end you're making it there because of, of talent, yeah, talent. Yeah. where in those those middle areas guys can be successful just by bullying their way through it yeah okay yeah. um and you know if if you can stop a guy that's a better surfer than you catching waves you're gonna beat him yeah, yeah. simple as that and that's how they play the game yeah okay but um you know those the people that are doing that they're also coming from some pretty tough countries and yeah. this is their ticket yeah so yeah so they're gonna do anything they can to, to get it's good 100 percent to get to 100 yeah. so sure. you know i don't take anything like that personally no as we're as out there competing yeah. we're out there to win yeah yeah i mean i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna hit them back or anything yeah anything <laughs> like that like i'm not an aggressive guy but you know i'll play my tactics too yeah yeah, yeah. and that's uh that's just the way competition is yeah yeah, yeah. Very true. stronger man wins a lot of the time yeah 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 survival of the fittest 100% mate yeah. 100% being an athlete is probably I reckon 30% talent and the rest of it's all head game yeah mm. and that's at the at the very top end yeah. yeah a lot of the guys at the very top end the top 32 probably half of them can all have the talent to be the world champion the rest of the talent's between the ears yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And especially, especially when it's a sport where like it's just you, the board, and the wave. Yep. It's and mother nature, sport. mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what do you do with that? Do you try to master that with other, other sort of experiences in life, and then you bring that to the surf? Mate, you can't take every experience in life is going to reflect in how you surf and compete. Yeah. Because it is all about just mental strength a lot of the time because you, you're sitting there and you're predicting what mother nature's going to do yeah. and predicting that a wave's going to come through and it's going to be a good one to give you the score that you need to beat this other guy and you're predicting that it's not going to do that for him so there's a lot of calculations yeah. happening and so anything in your head if you have doubts if you have stuff going on at home any negativity it builds up and it just exaggerates throughout that time yeah. and you so hesitate and yeah you might you get six opportunities. I'd, I'd say you know, I'd normally catch six to eight waves. That's six to eight opportunities for me to surf my absolute best. Yeah. So, is there many mind games that go on in, in these comps? I'd be, I'd be doing the Schwarzenegger bloody. Some guys are known for it. Yeah. Like some <laughs> guys are kings at it. Say so Kelly Slater is twelve-time world champion. He's the man of the mind game. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff I've heard about him, you know, it's hectic. Yeah. It's hectic, but um. I never dealt with mind games too much uh, on the longboarding tour. You, you play it a bit when it's your local event. You have some tactics up your sleeve of, you know, you know how to play the, you know how to play the bank, you know how to play the people in your heat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there's guys on tour. I just know how to compete against them. I know how to beat them because I can get them to beat themselves. Mm. Yeah. And that's going out and and messing with 
what I know their plan is because yep. they don't change their plan they have a set plan uh, and I know I can go and if I intervene that plan that they're just going to crumble it'll throw yeah, them off and they can't yeah. deal with it yeah. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea there was so much like tactics and mind games and men, like mental resilient requirements for it it sort of seemed like uh, you just become a good surfer and that's how you do it yeah right? that, that was my mentality coming into this there's so much more to it no this yeah, yeah. yeah. To, be, to be right at the top end and stay there there's, there's depth to it What's the popularity like around the world? Is it is it growing more and more? Huge, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in Asia right now. Say, uh, Taiwan, for example, a place I travelled to for the first time eight years ago. Before, since then, they've held the World Longboarding Championships, I think, four times. That's great. In the past four years. Um, and then before then, it was just smaller events. It's just grown and grown and grown to this, like, what's now the Taiwan Open of Surfing. Yeah. Uh, and the surfing culture there. The first time I went there, they were very beginner. Um, loved it, but there wasn't many of them. Yeah. You know? And I got to travel, I was lucky enough, I got to travel up the east coast of Taiwan, which is a pretty beautiful place to travel. It's sort of, you know, not what you'd expect. Um, and there's a lot of great waves there, and I just got to surf them with no one out. Nowadays, you can't do that. Packed. It's packed. Yeah. They all love it. You go to the events there, and there's people just lined up really ages yeah heaps of photographers with mate, bigger cameras they put the guys here in Aussie to shame that's for sure <laughs> that's crazy that's great yeah, and just the the vibe at the events over there they, yeah. they live for it they love it and correct me if I'm wrong but in my head there's a bit of a cliche like you know if you're Aussie you're just like a surfer dude kind of thing like that's probably what international um, like athletes when they come here they're just like you're yeah. just the typical Aussie surfer so when you go overseas to like all these Asian countries and like everywhere else where it's all kind of new, do they definitely like put that stigma on you of like, oh, he's like the cool Aussie surfer guy? Like, do they all treat you that way or is it? Oh, us Aussie surfer guys are pretty cool, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we know how to play the card pretty well. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, yeah we play up to that a bit. I think that's yeah. a mind game in itself, isn't it? It is, yeah. and being Aussie, yeah. Aussie, us Aussies sort of always stick together. Yeah, like the countries generally do. Aussies get on with everyone. Yeah, yes, but uh, that's, that's true. It's funny the accent mm. cuts through a crowd. Like you don't notice it when you're in Australia, obviously, but when you're overseas, you hear an Aussie accent, and it's just like, Whoa. yeah, yeah. There's one. Go but, say uh, good day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're lucky enough that people people generally love Aussies. Yeah. Um, and Aussie surfers as well. You know, traveling together, there's a lot of larrikins from Australia and. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm a larrikin, but you know, we get up to a bit of mischief. Yeah. It'd Whatever. be a good time. It's sort of yeah, it's being the fun, color. yeah, being the fun, you know, cool Aussie stuff. It's sort of yeah, yeah. We we did play that card a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. got its perks. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you've retired from the um, from the the tour. Yeah. Are, are you still going to do like any leisure trips overseas to go surfing? Or are you just going to explore more of our country? Um. Yeah, in time I'll definitely do leisure trips, go surfing, and you know, go on a boat somewhere over in the Maldives or something yeah, like that, and yeah. you know, for just a surfing trip. But in the future, my travels, I just want to go and you know, not have to drag a surfboard around with me. Just mm. go wherever I want to go, experience the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely experience Australia is my next thing. I don't get much of a choice at the moment anyway with coronavirus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm. But uh, even before coronavirus, like you know, I want to do up north and go Darwin to 
do yeah. through the Kimberleys and um, just surf with the Crocs. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not surfing with the crocodiles, mate. I've no. got mates that have done that. Yeah, and uh, they can have it. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather I'd take a shark over I'd rather a croc. yeah I'd rather surf yeah. sharks than crocs <laughs> I'd definitely take a shark yeah. over a croc <laughs> yeah. yeah no yeah. but uh yeah now now I've retired I'm sort of in a new chapter uh yeah you know, I've got my own work which has been pretty tough through coronavirus stuff but yeah you know I'll battle on yeah um I think it's been a good time for me to retire yeah you know yeah. I'm still yeah. still getting good results but I'm ready to step into just, something. Just, just enjoy it. Yeah. 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 yeah, Well, you did it for Take a lot of years hobby. there. Yeah, I was on. Uh, I was on the tour for eight years. Yeah. Wow. Which That's a long um, time. That's a good stint. Yeah, from yeah. when I was what, like seventeen. Yeah. Um, so it was a pretty good stint. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just need to move on. Yeah. 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 You're spending a lot of time in the motorsport scene now, <coughs> which is very cool. Yeah. Which is very cool. Very I mean, exciting. I I grew up on the beach and on the side of a racetrack yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> interesting yeah. childhood yeah. Yeah. it's very, a yeah. very diverse I'm a, sports. Yeah. I'd definitely say I'm just very lucky to be able to work in yeah. stuff that I'm passionate about yeah. um, and that is yeah it's pure that's privilege yeah, yeah. to be able to do that kind of stuff and yeah, um, so. Sure. Yeah, my younger brother at the moment he is a professional race car driver yeah. so I've been Harry's trying to get it. yeah he's yeah. he's incre- yeah. he's incredible yeah um so I always try to get to the tracks and yeah, to watch yeah. him and support him and yeah. um, it's a good atmosphere. Yeah, got yeah. got a few things hopefully turning up in the future that yeah. will uh, get me working yeah. uh, at the track a bit more as well. It's an, ex- it's an exciting space, um, and you know I've only had exposure to it through your family and being yeah. with like Harry and going to track days with him and also showing him a bit of support. Is the motorsport scene in Australia has it got a lot to grow still? Do you think to being I think just like, any like, sort of sporting has a, scene. Has a huge car scene, like <coughs> London especially has a huge car scene. Yeah. But like, is Australia like, are we going in that direction, or is it like quite big already, or like, what do you reckon? It's definitely got a big uh, motorsports scene. We've sort of got our own little things going on down here. Yeah. So compared to the rest of the world, because we're so far away, yeah. it's kind of our own market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a bogan scene, right? Yeah, but what isn't in Australia, mate? Like. We are who Compared, we are. Like when you compare it to... Yeah, exactly. We are who um, we are. Because you go to the Europe motor scene and it's... It's high-end It's a bit niche, posh. Like posh, yeah. And here it's, it's, it's motorhead. Yeah. Rev it up. Yeah. Get the yes Get and no. I think it depends yes on the and no. you go It to. depends. Yeah, exactly. Like we were at the Formula One the last couple of years. I don't I didn't think it was broken at all. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, but how, how, many, how many people at that Formula One are... Are uh, race race car supporters versus... Oh, uh, we're, we're in Melbourne and there's a Formula One. Let's... Yeah, yeah they're there for the scene. But uh, I've, I've definitely noticed get the through Instagram photo. <laughs> <laughs> traveling to Harry's events. There's, <laughs> it's pretty, mate. To be to be able to go and actually race at the events, you have to be doing pretty well for yourself. I was going to say, it's expensive. Like, yeah. The guys that aren't pro, I'm talking the, their way. the yeah. fans more the spectators. than the, yeah, more than the, the athletes. Like the athletes, definitely. That depends on which division they're watching as well. You know, the Porsche guys that I've been to, they're the fans that come to watch the Porsches it's generally yeah. mate you're a Porsche enthusiast yeah. and, and uh, or you're watching that kind of racing because they're in the one sort of uh, they're all in the same car and it comes down to pure talent yeah um, and the same thing goes a little bit to uh, the GT3 stuff um, where say they're doing the Bathurst 12 hour endurance racing that's again quite 
up there. You know, you race, they're racing the McLarens, the Ferraris, the Lamborghinis, mm-hmm. Bentleys. Um, and so that brings in that kind of a crowd. But, uh, you know, the racing for the supercars, it, it's broad, mate. It's got it all. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I've been getting this new uh, appreciation for the supercar guys because of how raw their racing is. They're banging doors. They're mm. properly sending. Yeah. They're, they're nuts. Um, and just the touring car stuff, it, it's pretty crazy compared to the, say, open wheelers of the Formula Ones where if they touch, they're going to blow tires and, and crash. Yeah. 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 Where the supercar guys or, or even the Porsche guys, Harry will come in with you know, wheel marks down the side of his car or he's got cracks in his front bar for bar from running up the back of people. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll do that down the straight just so they get flustered coming into the corner knowing that he's right there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think these, like these guys are, these yeah. guys are yeah. nuts. To, yeah. your, to your question, I think it's just got so much more potential. Mm. Like people just don't realise how awesome and diverse the yeah. sport is and, 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 and the and popularity is, is just going to grow yeah. as people get, yeah. get educated on it. I, um, yeah. I did, uh, you've also got another older brother, Matt. Yep. I've done the, uh, the Targa with him down in um, high country in Victoria. And that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, a lot of older gents doing it, obviously, yeah. because they're the ones that can afford the cars mostly to do that stuff. And, you know, to, to enter into this race over three days, they've got to close down whole towns. Yeah. To race through, like it's an expensive I think, gig. I think that's one of the limiting factors that people don't get that exposure. And then when you look yeah. at simulators they're rolling out now and, mm. and people will be able to get more of that exposure, I think that's where you'll see the popularity grow. You've seen that grow yeah. through yeah. COVID as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the sim racing. Harry's been doing the yeah. sim racing as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've had the simulator and it's been a fundamental part of his training for yeah. a long time. So, yeah, through this COVID stuff, sim racing's been huge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and there's been full series that they're doing it's the Porsche guys put on a full e-racing series on everyone's simulators um, yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's cool but uh, yeah the, the sim stuff it's it's such a great way to you can race at home yeah. you know yeah. and you're not forking out hundreds of thousands of dollars to race you, yeah. You, yeah. That's you know, right. for a really good simulator it can still cost up to 20 grand or, or yeah, more I've heard so I've heard some getting pretty ridiculous but that's, yeah. that's a set of but, tires, um, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it depends what on um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can get some for just reasonable price and race guys all around the world. You know, Harry, when he's training, he's he's racing against some of the Formula One guys even, like yeah, Lando awesome. Norris and these guys. Yeah. Um, and you know, your average Joe blows like you and me yeah. on those things. You can build up talent. Yeah, you can be. Quite you can get good. Yeah. I think like it's pretty interesting, like your surfing. You know how you would um, film yourself and then overlay that <laughs> yep. with a pro surfer in terms of car racing now with these simulations you could do the same thing that's 100 percent what they do yeah yeah and, and with that, that with kind of stuff they better. do it and they have the data and it's exactly the same data they pull out of their race car yeah exactly the same system so they watch it's and incredible. can see and actually set up their cars and get their cars yeah. ready their real life cars from yeah. driving on simulators. like your brake pressure your acceleration i don't know much about the whole racing side but yeah yeah so many yep. different yeah, yeah. Just angles into your corners and yeah exactly set markers and, yep. and uh, get ready to go and it helps a lot yeah crazy but if you wanted okay so you wanted to get into motorsport like not through a sim but you wanted to go buy a car and stuff what's what's entry level in australia what sort of series are you competing in what sort of car are you getting there's there's a few great um series some really great series yeah. and this i know a little bit about it because i'm looking at doing it right now yeah. um there's if you're wanting to go real cheap and just just get into it uh and just pure race there's the xl series which is Hyundai xls, yeah, the XLs yeah. Super cheap, but you chuck a roll cage in it, 
is a great you know you'll be racing against 30 cars and yeah they're yeah. properly sending and yeah. pushing one another yeah. there's the aussie race car series which is um we'll know how to explain them they're kind of a car but shrunk down um but again they have a great pack and they race uh as a support category for the v8 so they're racing all the big tracks around mm. australia mm. but they're obviously a tenth the price yeah um of say the porsches or anything like that yeah um and then you know if you do have a bit of money to drop into it and you want to go properly there's you know there's well there's formula four which is probably the other great one but there's formula three there's the porsche series there's the porsche ladder is brilliant because there's the sprint cup but within the sprint cup there's the different categories of class b pro-ams and the pros yeah and then stepping up into carrera cup so there's plenty sort of, of the different avenues level. then you can go to if you wanted to get into the sport there is so there is yeah. yeah and even you know, there's Toyota 86 series, yeah, GT1 okay. series. Yeah, yeah. You sort of got to pick a path, pick, pick a, a path, that you pick like. a budget, yeah, pick a path, yeah. Send it. Now, motorsport yeah. is also notorious for, as an outsider who came, like who's just had exposure again through you guys, quite dangerous, in a way. Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tell me about like you know. Because I've been in a race car with Harry, pumping around a track, and it's 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 quick. It's it's like scary quick if you're the passenger, obviously. Yeah. And I've heard horror stories, like even through that Harry's telling me about his coach in Abu Dhabi, when his Losing brakes, brakes failed and yeah. he just went straight into a wall and broke like every flipping bone in his body. Yeah. And then I've heard, I've been at the racetrack um, for a BMW Open Day where some dude rolled his car and had to get resuscitated. Yeah. So maybe it's just when I've. I've heard all these stories and like you know seen a few of those things and gone you know wow that's uh motorsport yeah. is there's nothing to uh to treat with without you know real respect mm-hmm. if you do I mean, obviously, obviously if you're strapped in a, over a ton of steel going at those speeds yeah, there's yeah. that risk yeah but i think statistically you know it's pretty well managed these days compared to yeah back in the day like our cars yeah. obviously the cars that you guys are racing are extremely safe or built yeah anyway. they're built to be crashed yeah. fundamentally and they're built to be a little cocoon for the driver yeah and that's why uh it's important and you know it's always important to actually spend the money to get the proper stuff true um and because at the end of the day if you crash it's you can repair a car you can't you know repair yourself sometimes yeah um but it's still much safer to be racing on a track than say racing Sorry. on the street mm. uh you know, the cars with the roll cages, the five-point harness, all the safety features they have, have been, you know, implemented over the gears. So that track day that you went to, the BMW thing, the car rolled. Mm. I was there that day as well. The guy didn't have a roll cage in his no, car. No, it was literally just oh. a Sunday, Sunday car. And that's sort track. of something that if you are, you know, viewers are, are wanting to get into racing, sometimes it's not good to take your road car to a track because it's, it's, it's not made for it. it. Yeah, um, hasn't been checked over properly. Yeah, you not you don't have the race mechanics and the guys setting a car up. Um, yeah, again, your car is also not built for it. You're probably going to do more damage than good. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the time, yeah, you'll have to get towed back home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, if something does go wrong, your lap sash and you know airbags don't do much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's just something you got to take into it. I've never, you know, I don't drive the race cars and fly through corners thinking, gee, this feels safe. Yeah. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, I'm not sitting there terrified of getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once you're in, you know, I get pretty nervous yeah. when I'm getting in the car and I'm about to head out. 
but once I'm out there, mate, you it just, just feels yeah. natural. You're in the zone. Yeah. 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 Have you once once the car break? does what you're asking yep. it to do, yeah. you get synced into it. You're like, mm. I've I've lost brakes. Uh, I was fortunate enough. I lost brakes in a place where I was sort of able to regain. Yeah. Um, that would have been scary. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've been pretty lucky. I only you know I've started pushing yeah. recently. Yeah. I think uh, you'll have that one moment where you just push it too far. But you do you have, yeah. like in motorsport, like you know any sport, like I used to race down here mountain bikes when I was younger and I used to compete. You don't really know where your limit is until you push yourself to get there. Exactly. And you know, a lot of the time on a bike, you're coming off when you're pushing yourself to that limit to learn where yeah. your limit is. If you're not falling, yeah. you're not, you're if not you don't, yeah, exactly. Mm, pushing yeah. your comfort but zone. In a race car, <laughs> it's like there's so much on the line not just one for your safety but two the cost of the car sometimes mm. Mm. Well, how does that work do you, hundreds of thousands of dollars do you find those limits around in the controlled environments like you take it to the test on this turn because you know if you spin out you've got room to slide yeah definitely and that's where you learn the limits and you know like racetracks they're made for cars to come off yeah you know yeah. they have the gravel traps and everything to lock your car so you're not bashing into walls um yeah you know there's there's tracks like bathurst and stuff where if you make a mistake you you don't do damage yeah. um, but that's where you know Adds that's where it's for the pro guys yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know as to the competition yeah, yeah. yeah I mean their tracks that you know I'd love to drive yeah. one day but um, you build up to it yeah. Yeah. you build up to it and, and you just ease into it yeah. um, you make sure your ego and your talent yeah. stay the correct way around yeah. Yeah. yeah never think that you're the best guy yeah. just do what you need to do um, and be safe. Yeah. But uh, sure. for those good, the, the pros to put out to people. Yeah. <laughs> the pro guys, they they need to push it. Yeah. And um, they can feel the car. They've got so much talent in what they can feel through the wheel, through the seat. Mm. You know, they can feel the tires are starting to degrade, and mm. so they can't come into that corner quite as much. Or, you know, they start to lose it, but they'll catch it. So they might lose time on the on the lap. But you know they didn't just crash the car. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's amazing yeah. how dialed into the car they are. Yeah. Like, it's I, saying that I they also no do idea. crash a lot. So yeah. you know, like you, when you're watching race events, you, you're generally going to see a crash. Yeah, that is true. Um, That's what a lot of viewers want too. Yeah, it's a, it's a so, yeah. big yeah. big aspect of views. Definitely. I mean, yeah. you're watching first these corner. guys. Yeah. yeah, first corners are notorious for it, yeah, especially yeah. in the yeah. e racing at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got these guys that are pinning it to just just come first. Yeah. And uh, yeah, someone's going to make a mistake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sure. Well, Nick, I think uh, we better leave it there. I think we're probably running running the audience into about an over an hour probably now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a good discussion. It has been. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on our show, man. No, and, thanks uh, for having me on. We appreciate the insight into uh, the surfing background and even the motorsport background. It's been a... Pretty awesome world by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great experience. Oh, mate, yeah. All, yeah. The, yeah. all the better for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You have yeah, to all, come the, all the best for the future, mate. And uh, whatever whatever you decide to do, Everyone's got your back, and uh, cheers, boys. I support you yeah. to achieve that. Uh, for sure. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Cheers. 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 cheers.